Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? We do, we do. Who needs a mixtape? You do, you do. Who makes a mixtape? We do, we do. Who needs a mixtape? You do. So come on and listen to our mixtape Raise the roof and move your feet Come along and laugh with our mixtape Ha 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 Waka 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 So come on and listen to our mixtape Sing along and clap to the beat Settle in and listen to our mixtape And now the music vanishes Enjoy our pork chop sandwiches I get excited every time Skiznot says, waka, 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 waka. <laughs> and you know, the folks at home probably don't even know what that refers That's to. That's an inside joke. It really is. Everybody hears waka, 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 and they instantly think of Fozzie Bear. And we all know it has Not nothing new. to do with Fozzie Bear. I don't have a clue. So on our old show, The Obscure 80s, the show we did many years ago, when we first started, you're going to love this, because you'll catch on real fast why this didn't work. We originally thought, you know, we might cuss a little, but... We're going to cut out all the F-bombs. So at first, I tried to edit them all out, and I thought it'd be funny to put Pac-Man over top of it going, you know, wah, 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 you know. But I learned really quick that not only was it, that it impossible, worked. but I said fuck more than anybody else, and it was way too time-consuming, so it got to the point that every time I said fuck, waka, waka, waka. everybody here would go waka, 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 waka. Like, they would just yell waka, waka every time I said fuck. It got so bad that we went to a convention... And do you guys remember buying me the pen with the airplane that had dropping bombs that all said fuck on it? Yeah. <laughs> you guys remember buying yeah. bombs? I wish I still had that pen. So it was so, because my ex wife was like, every time you get around them, you say fuck a lot. And I'm like, yeah, because it's them making me say it. I said, if anything, I'm making them say fuck all the time because I say fuck a lot. And a lot of that was before I joined the show. Yeah. I mean, you would do like little bit parts. Uh, the original show was just me and Stu for probably about six episodes. Mm hmm. And then yep. Mike, yep, questionable Mike, and then you, right? And then uh, Miss Piggy, some guy. Tell over the here. joke, cause dude. Oh, <clears throat> why does Kermit the Frog's finger smell like pork? Because uh, uh, Miss Piggy. I don't even uh, think you told yeah, the joke. I, right? I, I didn't tell the joke. Anyway, right it wasn't even Actually, really a joke. What's I think green and smells like? Oh, pork. thank you, Kermit the Frog. Yes. Kermit the Frog's finger. finger. Thank yeah. you. That was one of his first introductions to our show. Yeah, he he brought a lot of interesting things to the show, like Swamp Thing, punching the clown, <laughs> <laughs> punching the clown, strangling <laughs> the snake. Uh, uh, Melissa would like the, you to explain. Melissa forgot would like you to one. explain what punching the clown no, no, means. No, no, I get what it means. Okay. I okay. just don't understand why. Flicking the bean. That was oh yeah, it was like a. Cor- well, like, flicking uh, the bean is the girls' phrase. Double clip mouth. Kevin, I wouldn't like. This was like ten years ago. Kevin was introducing all these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, punching the clown was one of his for making Who's the banana abusing cry. themselves in such a horrendous way, though? Well, probably Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and still. Love yourself, Kevin. <laughs> well, he was. He's aggressively loving himself now. <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast. At least I don't have a camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. I forgot <laughs> the show. <laughs> what the hell? I'm Jason Emmett. <laughs> Stu. 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 Oh, yeah, Stu. Yeah. I'm Casey Masterpiece. <laughs> Daddy Spank Dog. Just say your name. Say it. 
Melissa. And uh, Matt was with us. And we was lost having him. technical difficulties. He fucked up his mic. He may pop in. We don't know. We're hoping he does. Pop in like the Kool-Aid man. We really don't oh, know. yeah! Anyway, uh, <laughs> hello, tapeworms, and welcome to the show where we talk about masturbation. And... Uh, well, <laughs> I actually have my notes, and it literally says, "Welcome back to yet another clusterfuck here on the mixtape podcast." <laughs> that was uh, so. Uh, there you well, go. it was definitely a clusterfuck right there at the oh, beginning. Oh God! And you know what's funny? The next note, it's already apropos. Uh, buckle up! This should be one hell of a ride because we're about to get filthy. I guess we already started that too. Really? Yeah. I can't. <laughs> Strangling the biscotti. The p- strangling <laughs> the biscotti. Wow. Strangling the biscotti. <laughs> that would just. I said Buschetti, but Buschetti is kind of cool. It's like you just sat there that whole time and thought of the <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm just waiting for the right time. i just <laughs> looking for an opening. <laughs> ah. That's what she said. Oh, God. I would like to task anyone out there. Uh, and honestly, if anybody ever listened to our original show, The Obscure 80s, and you were a fan of that, and I imagine we have to have a few. Do you have episode one? Episode one is out there in the ether somewhere. We can't find it. If anybody can find it, please let me know. Honestly, I don't know how to find it or where it is. I don't have a copy of it. Wouldn't even know where to go to find it. No, I think I have like from like two on, but I don't have. These guys have often asked me, uh, like, you should send them down the feed. I'd have to go back and listen. We had some comical times, yeah. like like the the Teddy Ruxpin, the food episode, was uh, which good. we did a food episode yeah. of this show. But we we were talking about toys Saturday. and tex- Teddy Ruxpin. And of course, That's this guy over here, we're talking. <laughs> we're talking about, about Teddy Ruxpin, and Kev over here goes, "Yeah, I used to put my NWA tapes in the back." <laughs> I don't believe you listen to NWA. Teddy Ruxpin, I believe he did. <laughs> well, I, I can I, see Teddy Ru- Teddy sitting there, straight out of Compton, crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to keep <laughs> going on that one. That's as much as any white person's allowed to say. We can't say the next line. <laughs> Hey, it was weird when Teddy Ruxpin said it. <laughs> What'd you say, Ruxpin? <laughs> Kevin just punched it. <laughs> I'm gonna pop you, Teddy, son. Teddy Ruxpin was not a teddy bear. He was an iliop. What? You heard me. Right. I know my '80s toys, motherfucker. <laughs> teddy Ruxpin it was not a teddy bear. He was a mythical creature called an iliop. An iliop. Okay. Yep. Don't believe me? Look it up. You know you believe me because it's '80s toys. I wasn't doubtful. I'm just saying, it's 80s toys. So it's kind of like when uh, Jason Voorhees is a zombie. <laughs> Are we back on that one again? He's not a zombie. Oh, I will, ne- I will never let this go. Huh? Zombies don't age. Yeah, it, uh, it actually, if you want to get into the whole how Friday the 13th makes no fucking sense, the fact that he dies as a little kid, but in like the third movie when it's actually Jason Voorhees, he's like fucking 30 years old. <laughs> yeah, nobody ever knew. <laughs> uh, how did that happen? So Anyway. But welcome. Must be one of those mongoloid traits. <laughs> we have <laughs> lots of things to talk about on this ep- episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about the fifth. Fil- there we go, right off the rip. A stroke occurs when there is a lack of blood to a portion of the brain. Depending on which area of the brain is affected, a stroke can cause speech impairments. Why is it always me? Do you smell toast? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the one always talking. Shut the fuck up, Stuart. He ain't wrong. <laughs> I don't really like my friends. No. Oh. Anyway. We love you, though. I Jess. mean, that one's fine, but this one's better for that. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. And it's true that I am. And you know what? This is even more better. Yeah, whatever, you fat bitch. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. He just calls him as he sees him. <laughs> if the shoe fits. 
going to fight him on that one. The Filthy 15 from those hard hitters at the PMRC. Now, in case you folks at home don't know what the PMRC is, I figured we'd go ahead and talk about that for just a second first, so you know. The PMRC is the Parents Music Resource Center. This was in a committee formed in 1985. 19, 1985. Uh, the goal was to increase parental control over the access their children had to music deemed to have violent, drug-related, or sexual themes via labeling albums with parent parental advisory stickers. Uh, it was founded by four women like known stickers. as the four women known as the Washington Wives. Yep, that's what they yeah. called themselves. A reference to their husband's connection with the government in Washington, D.C. We all know that it was headed by Vice President Al Gore's uh, yeah. wife. Fat bitch! Excuse <laughs> me. Tipper. Whore, whore, whore. Her name isn't really Tipper, but whore, Tipper Gore. Whore. Um, so she tipped the scales quite a bit. Uh, also, um, <laughs> Susan oh, Baker, wife of Treasury fat. Secretary James Baker, uh, Pam Hauer, wife of Washington realtor Raymond Hauer, and Sally Nevius, wife of former Washington City Council Chairman John Nevius. I think this was four women who felt like they needed to be important when they really felt They were born. Uh, the PMRC eventually and grew to I include... I can probably guarantee that they didn't have children at this time. I don't know. I, I think, think Tipper, Tipper Gore did. did. Yeah. If they did, they're like, we need to set, protect our children. I, I mean, this is just a classic Fine. case. protect your children. Leave the rest <laughs> Leave of us alone, the rest bitch. Of, the rest of the world can d- decide what they you know want what? for the, theirs. Right. This whole thing came out better for us in the end. Oh, it did. Yeah, by far. So this sucks, but it's true. The group's formation was cemented with the financial help of, does anybody know? Mike Love. From the Beach Boys. I was going to say Monday MC. And believe it or not, Joseph Coors, the owner of Coors Beers, uh, they supported Reagan's candidacy and Coors offered offices to the PMRC. As a method of combating this alleged problem, the PMRC suggested a voluntary move by the RIAA and the music industry to develop music labeling in the form of a rating system similar to the film rating system. Additional suggestions from the PMRC that appeared in the article uh, in the Washington Post, including printing warnings and lyrics on album covers. Why would they want to f- print the fucking lyrics, you dumbasses? Print the obscene shit right on the album cover so we all know. She's going to make us want to buy more. Mother, uh, what is this? Oh, it says say? fuck. Oh, my God. Yes, I got to buy it. Uh, they wanted to keep the explicit covers under the counters, pressuring television stations not to broadcast explicit songs or videos. Uh, reassessing the contracts of musicians who performed violent, violent or sexual uh, stuff in their concerts and creating a panel to set industry standards. In 2002, there's a really badass movie I would recommend everyone out there seeing. It's called Warning Parental Advisory. It was a VH1 movie. It was extremely entertaining, extremely enlightening. D. Snyder plays himself. I will tell you right now, it's so funny to me. Um, D. Snyder kicks their asses in court. They bring John yes. Denver in because they think John Denver is going to be on their side, and he fucking snowballs them. Like, they think, we're going to bring in this wholesome John Denver, and he comes in like, you know, they fucked with me about my song, Rocky Mountain High, and then he just fucking lets them have it. They pretty much demolished a PMRC, mm-hmm. and what's funny is what ended up happening, all they ended up getting out of this was the, the label that many of you see now, which says Warning Parental Advisory. And that's just free publicity. And it's free yeah. publicity. Yeah. It pretty didn't much. hurt anyone. It helped, all, it helped mm-hmm. artists all over the board. It did. But um, 
we're going to talk about the big boys, the songs dubbed as the Filthy 15. This is a list of 15 songs in popular music around that time that the PMRC found most objectionable. This was the 15 songs they chose to, t- to prove their point in court. Now, we're going to go over the songs. I'm going to play a little clip. We're going to go over some questionable lyrics. And some of these are obvious why they went after them. Some of them, I'm like, out of all the songs that existed around that time period, why? Like, we talked about one earlier, you and I, Melissa, and you were like, well, I mean, you know, there's some innuendo. And I'm like, I get that. But out of all the songs that you put them up next to these other songs and it makes no fucking sense, that's what they chose. But that's okay. We're going to go over it. And we're going to start. Cool. Yeah, because there's one song I, I downloaded and for whatever reason didn't get on here. But we're going to start with um, <laughs> one of the ones I actually <laughs> like. Uh, and some of the songs on here I don't care for. Some of the songs on here I do care for. Uh, let me ask you this, Jay. How many times this week have you sang this song? <laughs> I don't. I've been singing two of these songs all fucking week. Where is it? Uh, I've been singing two of these songs all week because I can't get them out of my head. And that's not one of the songs. Uh, I, first of all, I'm looking for the fucking song, and I know it's got to be on here because I know I don't see it. Did you just reference ELO? I did. I did that on purpose, but I didn't think anybody was going to catch it. Um, well, where is it? Where is it? I'm going to have to fucking Where is it? I seriously don't see Do it. I need to pull that one up, too? <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to pause first. For you at home, like, zero time has passed. But, in <laughs> like, literally, it's been like, what the fuck? It's just, like, it's been, like, one second. But in that time, Matt has, like... <laughs> Connected? Jerry-rigged a fucking up. Bluetooth microphone through a beanie hat. You heard me. And he was here, and he was trying to turn the volume up, but just disappeared. But we're going to continue. You may hear Matt's voice. But we're going to start with the first song on the Filthy 15 playlist, because I have it. I'm go find it, but we're going to start with this one. So this is the first song on the Filthy 15. I don't know why. Everything sounds hollow for some reason. Yeah. So that's Darling Nikki by Prince. Uh, this song was added to the list because of sex and masturbation. This is from 1984. Uh, the song was not released as a single. Uh, it gained wide notoriety for its sexual lyrics, in particular an explicit, explicit reference to female masturbation. Up of the bean. This song tells the story <laughs> of a sex fiend named Nikki who seduces the singer. Um, oh God, for I fucked up. I don't have the questionable. Do I need the questionable lyrics? You just fucking heard them. Literally, you know, he talks about met her in a hotel lobby, masturbating to a magazine. I mean, like that's why Darling Nikki made the list. And what's funny is I actually like this song a lot, but I totally understand why this song made the list. I mean, the list is stupid. Like, it's just ignorant that they ever did it. But at least some of these songs I understand. It makes sense, yeah. Um, So you're a huge Prince fan. I am. I mean, all all of Prince's songs should be on Okay, so I'm a Prince fan, but you're you're probably the biggest Prince fan in the room. Mm -hmm. Would you say this is the worst of Prince's songs? No. No. Oh, no. As far as Diamonds and Pearls, Pussy Control. You think Diamonds and and Pearls is bad? Yeah. 
I don't think Ooh. so. I don't think it's about what you think it's about. No. <laughs> yeah, w- pussy control. How about fucking p- p- pussy control? P- 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 was that after this, though? Oh, well, yeah, after yeah. Yeah. So I That and Little Red Corvette. Little, little red, red Corvette, but that's a lot more subtle. It's very subtle. Yeah, it is something it's, not, it's not right in your face like Darling Nikki <laughs> or Pussy <laughs> Control. So you're saying my little red Corvette's not right in your face? No. <laughs> somewhere Pussy around, Control. Somewhere around the corner. Oh. It's a great song. Yes. <laughs> it's a great song. Everybody is now doing their impression of Pussy Control by Prince. <laughs> <laughs> like, and all we hear is, <laughs> Pussy Control. <laughs> Pussy, pussy, pussy control. Oh. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Let's go right into the next song. You've got this one pulled up because this is the one I did not have on the list for whatever reason. I did download it, but I... Oh, no, there it is. I have it. Got it? it? So the one I was missing the whole time was Darling Nikki, and I have it on the list now. There's that one. Here's the next song. Look, I have it. Look. So amazingly, yeah. We're going right from another Prince Protege. Yes, there's a couple on here. Yeah. This list. They didn't have like a hard on for Prince, did they? Yeah, obviously, they should have brought him in. Nice to testify. He wouldn't have said much. They probably would have won. Tina East and Sugar Walls, this song was brought on the list for sex. This came out in 1984 as well. It was the second single from Sheena Easton's album, album A Private Heaven. This song spent 16 weeks on the Billboard Hot 100 in the U.S., nine of which were in the top 40. It reached number nine on the Hot 100, number three on the R&B chart, and number one on the dance chart. The song title is presumed to be a euphemism for the lining of the vagina. Presumed to be. <laughs> sure. And the general uh, consent was considered, oh, I'm sorry, and the general content was considered suggestive enough to qualify the song for the 50, that is hard for me to say. I'm not going to, it's also hard for me to say, I'm sorry. Although East, you're welcome. (laughs) Stu just went, shut up. (laughs) What's Matt saying? Um, (laughs) Stu's face was what, he was like, shut up. Although Easton's music video for Sugar Walls did not in itself feature any controversial visual content, some broadcasters refused to play video airplay because of the sexual imagery of the song's lyrics. Here are some of the questionable lyrics. From the windows to the walls. <laughs> As the sweat drips up my balls. Oh, oh ski, 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 ski. You skipped ski, like a whole line ski, in there. That's I just wanted to go to the balls. Yeah. I like it going right straight to the balls. So did Cinderella. <laughs> 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 hey Kevin, yeah. what did Cinderella say when she got to the ball? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that I like. <laughs> he said that. That I like. <laughs> and he's texting his dad. My dad, guess what joke I deserve? <laughs> um, so the questionable lyrics in this would be: "Blood races to your private spots. Let's me know there's a fire." You can't fight passion when passion is hot. Temperature rises inside my sugar walls. I can make you never want to fall in love again. Come spend the night inside my sugar walls. Take advantage. I'm, I'm, I'm so not sexual. Um, spend the night inside my sugar walls. Oh. Take advantage. It's right. Ooh, baby, oh, baby. My sugar walls. <laughs> 
Your body's on fire. Admit it. Come inside my sugar walls. Oh, that was a little suggestive. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to, you've already heard Prince and Sheena Easton, and we're going to hear another Prince-related uh, uh, artist on here here in a few minutes, but we're not there yet. At least the next song to me makes a little bit of sense, right? Um, I'll play that. And you guys feel free to jump in on anything you want. I want to jump into the sugar walls. <laughs> you want to come inside her sugar walls? I would. Oh, baby, baby. My what? sugar walls. What is the address for the sugar walls? walls. <laughs> 6969. Oh. Here's the next song. I have a good fucking set song. I'll just cut it when I feel like it. This is the song. That's enough of that shit. So <laughs> when I was downloading this, I was like, fucking Judas Priest. She's like, you don't like Judas Priest? I was like, no. <laughs> Breaking the law. I don't like Judas law. Priest. I'm sure I, I bet Spanky likes Judas Breaking Priest, though. Are you a Judas Priest fan? Not a huge Priest fan. Really? No. Me neither. I, never I really like a, a couple. I'm not really been a few songs I can talk. I can because you didn't say I don't with. like Judas Priest. You were like I fucking hate Judas. Priest. <laughs> this is what I said. I fucking yeah. hate Judas Priest. Hey, Rob Halford is the best. I don't have a problem with the members of Judas Priest. I just there didn't do a lot of songs that I particularly cared for. Uh, Judas Priest, "Eat Me Alive." This song was deemed uh, <laughs> on the list for sex and violence. Um, Defenders of the Faith is the ninth studio album by English heavy metal band Judas Priest. It was released on uh, January 4th, 1984 by Columbia Records. That might have been the Priest album I saw on the video, too. It is. No, I see. Did you not hear me say this is the album we're about to talk about? I didn't hear that. Yeah, it is that. I I couldn't read the, the actual album title, so. To a point, let me do Matt, you're killing me. All right, well, let me finish talking about the song. Folks at home, <laughs> Matt wants to do a test. <laughs> um, yeah, tell What's five plus five? There's your test. Well, you, you're you're just, your mic cut out yeah. or your cord. Um, the album, this album was actually certified Hello. platinum by the RIAA. Eat Me Alive was listed at number three on the Parents Music uh, Resource Center's Filthy 15. Tipper Gore stated that so- the song was about oral sex at gunpoint. All right. In response to the allegations, Priest recorded the song Parental Guidance on the follow-up album Turbo. Of course they what did. What else is there? In a uniquely British way, Rob's S&M lyrics were intended to be a tongue-in-cheek and cert- or were intended to be tongue-in-cheek and certainly not corrupting as Tipper Gore and the Parents Music Resource PMRC took them to be. They certainly didn't warrant being included in the PRMC's Filthy 15. Uh, this was uh, by this is a quote by KK Downing, guitarist of the band. I forgot to mention that. Sorry. Uh, Filthy 15 list a few months after uh, list a few months after the album was released. For us, the song was a bit of fun, but I won't deny that we included it with full knowledge that it would get media attention. Little did we know at the time that its inclusion on the Filthy 15 would be the precursor to a far more disturbing predicament for us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, it was. Very. Heavy Uh, metal suicide, that's all that needs to be said. Yep. 
So, and we talked about that. We've talked about that, we right? Did. Yep. So, lyrics uh, wrap tight around me like a second flesh hot skin. <laughs> Clink. This is going to be a bad episode for Stu. <laughs> it's a very bad. Cling episode. to my body as the ecstasy begins. Gut wrenching frenzy that deranges every joint. I'm going to force you at gunpoint to eat me alive. <laughs> Bound to deliver as you give and I collect, squealing impassioned as the rod of steel injects. Squeal like pig. Uh, <laughs> all I, the whole fucking time I'm reading the lyrics in the background, I hear, <laughs> yeah, squeal like a pig. <laughs> it is disturbing and hilarious. Um, as you give and I, oh, squealing impassioned as the rod of steel. Lunge to the maximum, spread eagled to the wall. You're well equipped to take it all, so eat me alive. I would argue it's not about oral sex. I don't fucking know. I don't. I'm just saying. It's about rimming. It's hard to open your mouth, spread eagle. I I think it's just about everything. I'm just saying. I don't think he was. uh, All right, we are going to take a moment break that'll last for you guys about two seconds because Matt wants to do a test. Fuck testing, man. testing, one, two, Killing three. Slug. We're gonna try this. Matt, 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 Matt may be here when we come back. He may not. He may not. We'll be right back. Maybe. But we, but, hey, what? Ah! Whoa, Matt. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you sound like shit, but he's here. I didn't even have to weird. take a break. He's back. Well, we're probably gonna walk we'll all over you because you're really hard to hear. Yeah, I can barely hear you guys. So well, we can hear you we'll when, on. like, I can hear you. You just sound like you're on a $3 mic. Oh, he I'm is. I'm actually on a different set of Bluetooth headphones. Oh, it's way better than the last. ones weren't working at all. It's way better than the beanie ones you were on before. <laughs> <laughs> we told the folks at home. Well, cool. We're not going to take a real quick oh, break. Yeah. We're, going to, we're, we're going to resume. And hope that he stays. And show Maybe. you guys the professionalism that you deserve here on the Mixtape Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll go with professionalism. <laughs> it's the professionalism I respect. That's from a movie, and no one can tell me, and that's fine. Folks at home, somebody at home right now is going, motherfuckers, it's Little Shop of Horror. All right. Uh, anything have, anybody have anything to say on Judas Priest? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, fuck them. I'm not a fan. I just never really have been. Like I, I said, it's nothing. I would see them in concert if I was given tickets. Uh, I don't know. The lyrics got me made me a fan. Jeez. They made me want to light my candle. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be a turbo lover tonight. <laughs> I, like I said, it's nothing against the individual members. I just, uh, It's just not my kind, my, my style of music, really. I think they got lighter as the years went well, on. Absolutely, 100% they got lighter. Is it, you know, it's just happening. So, I mean, look at... Look at uh, uh, Axl uh, Rose got heavier, Judas Priest got lighter. What? <laughs> So, Stu, would you say this song makes you want to punch the clown? Punch someone. Burn. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, you there? (laughs) Matt? Are you interested in our comedy hijinks? What? I I barely heard him. We lost Matt again. We're going to continue on. Uh, the next song is a song I fucking hate. I think it sounds like garbage, but once again, I think they had a target on Prince's back, so we're just going to go on with this song. I don't like it because it sucks, but here it is. 
Oh, that's really what this song sounds like. Are you for real? This was before auto tune. So. I really don't know what Prince saw in her as far as a musician goes. Come Other on, we things know. I saw. Yeah, we know oh, we know saw. what he saw yeah. in her. Do you think he's just like, mm, that's a nasty yeah, baby. girl. Yeah, baby, I guess I'll give you a leggy sing, I guess. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need you to come down here. I Jump think, in the lake. I think he should have kept her head under the lake waters of Minnetonka, but whatever. <laughs> Hey, that was Apollonia. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Now she was hotter. I think. I think yeah. Apollonia was way hotter than yeah, Vanity. But I don't think she ever sang. I think uh, she, she yeah. did. She did. did yeah. She really? Mm-hmm. God, yeah. Prince, stop it! I tell you guys a story. I was actually telling um, telling somebody the story today. Oh, a guy at work. Oh, uh, he did stop. Work. He's not dead. No. Good enough, Stu. Go go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up, Stu. <laughs> Prince is dead. <laughs> um. So I was talking to the new guy at work today. We were just talking about different musicians and bands and stuff, and uh, we got talking about it. And I said, uh, "said So you know, I used to work at a video store, and um, yeah, you did. We had a <laughs> <laughs> wow, <Jeez. Where'd> that <laughs> <one>? <laughs> yeah, you did. We had a rack of magazines up front, and um, at one point in time, uh, we had a Rolling Stone magazine, and uh, Carmen Electra was on the cover. And the guy walks in, and he stands there for a minute, staring at it, and he goes. I used to go to school with her. She didn't look like that then. Because <laughs> for those of you who don't know, she went to Princeton High School, which is yep. right yeah. here, right outside yeah, Cincinnati. I, know a few actually I did too. Same mm-hmm. grade. He was yeah. like, he goes, she rode my bus. <laughs> like, it's so weird to think that fucking Carmen Electra rode this dude's bus in high school. There was a bunch of us that went out one night, and afterwards we went to a little greasy spoon restaurant across the river. And we were sitting there bad mouthing Carmen. And come to find out, her dad was sitting in the booth right behind us. Oh. That sucks. And the only reason we found that out is because the waitress was dating Carmen's dad. Wow. Oh. <laughs> and she heard part of our conversation. Yeah, I mean, from what I gather, like Did she let you have Vanity, it? Carmen no, Electra, like Prince created that that these was... women. Oh yeah. Like head to toe, gave them like just their let style. us know that that was her dad. When you're she touching, when that. you're touching down yeah, here, it, yeah, it keeps cutting it's, out on me. It's mm. your connection i guess high I quality <laughs> yeah this is this is a janky ass episode <laughs> <Very> <laughs> day podcast. we we're we, we're duct taping and bubble gumming shit together <laughs> filthy 15 on a budget. hurry hurry give me a paper clip i gotta make this fucking microphone work filthy 15 on a budget yeah there you go <laughs> um yeah i don't know this this is uh this is strap on robbie by yeah, vanity strap on um <laughs> Of course, do I need to tell you why it made the list? It's called Strap on Robbie. Uh, this is off the Wild Animal album, 1984. It's the debut studio album. Dude, she was Canadian. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. It was released by Motown Records in 84. Strap on Robbie was the fourth track on the album. And it's basically about someone using a... S- I like how they... I like how they um, try to tone it down. But basically about someone using a sex toy on Vanity. I don't think that's correct. I think it's about... 
her using a strap on on somebody named Robbie, but I could be wrong about that. Here are a few of the lyrics for you. Maybe Robbie was the strap on. Ro- actually, I think you're right. I think it was the name of the strap on. Actually, now strap that you say that, here, strap on Robbie baby. Here okay. are a few Robbie baby. Here you got an electric machine. Oh no, it's really Robbie using it on her. Oh. Oh. Uh, and it's mean. Makes oh. me want to. Oh, Robbie, baby, I like your style and the way you rock, wiggling. Oh, he says something inside me ex- excites you. Strap it on tight. <laughs> Don't you provoke me? Come on, stroke me. Strap yeah. this thing tight. He needs a now, strap on. To- are we sure Robbie is a he? If yeah. you want, well, she says he throughout the song. Uh, yeah. If you want to glide down my highway, it's open. Strap yourself in. Ride. I like I like to ride. So. <laughs> but if Robbie's a guy, why does he need to strap anything? That's what I'm thinking. But she maybe says maybe right here. Maybe he's strapping Robbie, baby. Up here on both holes. Maybe he's deficient. He, Robbie, baby. You at hey. You guys, listen. It says maybe right here. Maybe he's strapping it on his head. Robbie, baby. Use it like a rhino. Here you got an electric machine. He's a sex unicorn. The electric like, machine. The chin would be more. So he's got a strap-on vibrator. Because Robbie, baby. Here you got an electric machine, and then like strap it on tight. Can't really hear you. Just saying. So yeah, she was thinking about somebody strapping it on and giving it to her. Maybe we don't fucking know. Oh, it, and you can't hardly hear. I mean, the song sounds like poo. Yeah, it's, yeah it I'd worry only Prince isn't here to come after me. I just hope that like these women were sitting in a room somewhere reading these lyrics, deciphering this themselves. They're the like, probably well, they I, were in the hotel. You know, lobby, lobby, master 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 thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the, like the dialogue I want to read, though. Somewhere is like all these. Ladies. I don't like. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. That decided to do almost anything. To I don't want to be famous. mean, and I don't want to be disparaging of Prince, but the women that Prince tended to bring into his fold seemed to be a bit naive. They there was a very specific well, type. There Again. was Sheila E. Was the only one that I would argue might be a and little Sheena bit different. Easton. Sheila Easton. I'm good talking too. about the Washington wives sitting in a room. Oh, oh, yes. No, um, one of the I, artists, oh, somebody yeah. talked oh. about that. Well, they were masturbating in I the hotel lobby, I want to see the too. dialogue. Hold on. Like, I can't remember, and I don't know if it's in the notes, but one of the artists on this list mentions that. He's like, I just think it's hilarious that they were sitting in a room somewhere. He really? actually said it that. Was, it was D. Snyder. I think it was D. Snyder. Because when it came up about one of, one of their one of Twisted Sisters songs, uh, under the blade, it was actually about his guitar player having throat surgery, and she was actually looking for S and M. And he said, "Somebody who's looking for S and M references is going to find will them. find yeah. them." But that just shows you what kind of mind your wife has. Yeah, and he said that directly yeah. at Al Gore. So yeah, and it that's pissed her off. I just think it'd be fierce. hilarious to see them like arguing over what the meaning of those lyrics are. Kind of like what we're just. So yes. my point to you though is, you said, but "Oh like no, Sheena Ann Easton's Taylor good." Clothing. I'm not talking about their whether they were a good singer or not. I'm talking about Prince tended to find girls that seemed a little like flaky. Again, Ew, again, the 80s. Really? Yeah. So you don't think 
Vanity and Apollonia. And Look, there's exceptions to the rule. I, those I mean, aren't the exceptions. Those are the girls he always had around. Him. Again, the I don't think uh, Sheila E was the same. Like even their relationship wasn't exactly the same as like Vanity no, and not. Apollonia. Mm. She was way more. She was kind of famous even with like you know she kind of had her own thing going. These they guys, were, Vanity they were more Apollonia, on a professional level. Vanity Apollonia had without they were Prince on a personal level. There was nothing. Yeah, I'll give you that. And Sheena Easton, yes. She, Sheila E., yes. But there were quite a few girls in the whole Prince harem that were... Susanna Hoff? That, again, Stop that's it. not fair. One, one that's, that's not entirely true. And, yeah, I'll give you and that. And two, yeah. she was I'm famous before. I'm a pattern here with, like, last name, no last name. Like, only the ones that were, like... Vanity no. Apollonia, like, right. Like, were no. deemed worthy but, of a but last name. But Hoff wasn't a prince harem girl. Yeah. She, they, the, they were around first. And I would argue that if they did anything, which I'm sure they probably did, I would say she probably instigated as much. She, she was a pretty headstrong woman. I think she, you know, I wouldn't, yeah. Still pretty hot. And yes, he did give them a song to sing, which is a great song. Oh yeah, she's gorgeous. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, "Manic Monday" is a Prince song. Yes, and he had the hots for her, so he gave it to him to record. This is true. Oh. But I don't, I don't know that anything ever happened between the two of them. There's, mm. you know, I'm, who knows? But you know, maybe. Yeah. It was, it was the Bengals. It's very, it's very possible they were fun-loving girls. You know, so great football team. I was just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we know you are. (laughs) 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 Hey, Stewie, next one's for Yui. It's also really funny to me that I don't think of all these bands, and we'll hit a couple I others. I didn't realize like, that Molly Crew was entered. In yeah, and not one of their best songs either. No. It's really, when we hit that Honestly, on a few of these. the best song came after yeah, all this. Yeah, and that's the problem. Like, they probably had song, a lot of these bands later on down the road, and of course they did. They're like, fuck you, now we're going to do whatever we want. This is uh, Motley Crue. This is Bastard by Motley Crue. Uh, came out in 1983. This one was deemed violent. I'm surprised they didn't do Shout at the Devil. Because I mean, literally, a lot of people said, "Oh, this is." Uh, but they're pretty naive. They could, but they could literally be saying, "Well, but he's shouting at the devil, right?" With a lot, uh, <laughs> like that's, I, you're, I, that's what they. You said. know, that's what they were probably in there. That's what they said. But, but I think this one's different because I think he's actually <laughs> shouting at Satan. Thank you, Tammy <laughs> Faye. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I don't really know much about this song. Came out in 1983. They're saying it's. I don't. I didn't really listen to it. Too yeah, much. this is this is real early crew. Yeah. So, I have some lyrics um, that they say are violent, which I guess. Bastard. In goes my knife. Pull out his knife. Consider that bastard dead. Get on your knees, please. Beg me, please. You're th- you're the king of the sleaze. Don't you try to rape me. Make it quick. Blow off his head. Got your neck in the noose. I got nothing to lose. We're only going to screw you. Consider the bastard dead. Uh, this was from the album Shout at the Devil. Uh, this song was written by Nikki Six. Uh, according to Six, though, this song was written about record labels trying to rip them off. It wasn't. That was what they were writing the song about. 
Um, by naming their album Shout at the Devil, the band attracted the attention. So it actually was the name of the album that got their t- the attention, but it was this song that I actually did have notes on this. <laughs> I said I don't know anything about it. I do. I lied. Um, the The title track of the album was already condemned by many religious groups, but the blatant depiction of murder in the song that landed uh, the crew on the PMRC list of filthy 15 songs. Woo. So there you go. Oh, my God. Guys, stop it. I know. I got it. So there you go. I mean, that's why. <laughs> so they, the the name of the album caught their attention, and they, I, I mean, they basically I, just analyzed everything after that. I mean, well, I I think they the filthy fifteen refers to fifteen songs they took in to use as examples. I'm sure they were trying to condemn entire albums, but they were like these specific songs. Look how bad these songs are on these albums. This just shows how horrible. These fucking bands are, right? And that's why Shout at the Devil was, you know, that's the song they picked off Shout at the Devil. And I don't I don't know. That's not a crew album that I'm super fami- familiar with. Um, for me, it's going to be more like Dr. Feel Good and uh, Girls, Girls, mainstream. Girls. And, yeah, I mean, I know a couple songs off Shout at the Devil, but, like, I don't know. Are there worse songs on Shout at the Devil that they could have went after, or is this pretty much... I, I think I mean, that one for sure. That was they probably could have went after they, the title track, right? But I mean, too young to fall in love would probably be maybe. Yeah. But I think that was too fast for love. No, that was on that was on shout. Was it? Yeah. So, uh, I think they were t- they was talking about messing with a young underage girl. I think <laughs> next one um, is just a funny title. Lost, right? I'll forgive you this time. No, this is ACDC, man. This is uh, Let Me Put My Love in You by ACDC. This music sucks. Off, off the off album right Back in Black. Which is my favorite ACDC album by far. Um, the one that we were talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. It's one of the ones on my want on vinyl. This one was Sexual References. This is the fifth track off Back in Black, the seventh studio album by Australian rock band ACDC. It's released on July 25th, 1980. Um, this song was composed by Australian? Uh, Johnson, Angus, and Malcolm Young. Yes, um, they are. Yeah, I, thought originally they, I thought they were from They Britain. are originally from Australia, but Brian Johnson is from England. But Holy the, shit! But the band I think formed in Australia, correct? Yeah. I had Angus no idea. And Malcolm are from Australia. Yes, no. I had no fucking idea. Well, wow. we're gonna do a whole ACDC episode at some point, kind of like we did for Kiss. Um, we've talked about it a lot. I know Spanky's really into doing it, so yeah. you're a big fan. You're a yeah. huge. I love huge ACDC, ACDC, but I know you're kind of a monster. But this is by far my favorite. This and uh, Who Made Who are probably my two favorite albums. The greatest I'm sorry. Hits album. It's not even who. Ma- it's like just the maximum. Is it called Who Made Who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the that song, that song's uh, original to that album. Yeah, though, which is I, one of my favorite songs. My favorite. But, but most of that album is a greatest hits. Album. <laughs> Since we're tangenting a little bit, my favorite ACDC song is "If You Want Blood, You Got It." I think Money Talks is, is one of my favorite. Is that because of Empire is, Records? Absolutely, but no. Mine but I love that it's in that movie. Well, I'm going a little bit more obscure. Mine is Night Prowler. 
You said money talks? Mine is whole lot of Rosie. Whole lot of Rosie. Mine is she's got the jack. No, I, like a ho- I like a whole lot of Rosie, too. So. <laughs> In more ways than one. There you go. There's a song about <laughs> masturbation right there. Yeah. No, I love uh, If You Want Blood. It's a great song. And then Who Made Who is probably my second. And then Back in Black, easily. What's your favorite ACDC song, Kevin? Hmm. <laughs> Did you even know ACDC yes, was a band? Yes, yeah, ACDC. I thought it stood for alternating current and direct current. I think uh, Thomas Edison and uh, Nikola it was Tesla. Nikola Tesla, you <laughs> dick. <laughs> That's Welcome to Nerdcast. That's the car, right? <laughs> it's no, motherfucker. It's not Thomas Edison. I'm sick of that hack getting the credit for what Nikola Tesla did. Much sure. better scientist. I could kill an elephant with <laughs> electricity. No, you just went way too nerdy. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so you don't have I a, died You yes. don't have a favorite song. Um, uh, she's got... Uh, let's see. Thunderstruck. No. Um, Dirty Deeds. That's a Thunder great. Cheap. Uh, that's a great drinking song. I Thunderstruck. You know how Shook many times I've heard that from, from the guys at work. Shook me on that long. I'm trying to decide what his favorite ACDC song. Yeah. Um, is it? Shook me is on it backseat one. rhythm? Dirty Deeds done dirt cheap. Okay. Yeah. Dirty. <laughs> please sing it for us. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Nah, please, nah. please. Do we'll do his Gilbert Godfrey? Dirty cheese. Dirty cheese. Bought real cheap. That's dirty, it, right? Dirty cheese. And it's bought, bought real cheap. cheap. Dirty <laughs> cheese. <laughs> How about um? Oh God, I don't even know. I love that song though. TNT. Oh, TNT. It's dynamite. dynamite. Oi. TNT. Oi. I think that's Oi. my favorite. <laughs> we got Probably, it. We got it. the only one you know. <laughs> yeah, past the first, the actual name of the song. I think yeah. the point here that you've just figured out is they have a lot of fucking songs that people just love. They do. The fact that I didn't I'm know they were Australian is crazy. I'm way to hell, and I'm going there. That song's synonymous. That's that's most supernatural fans' favorite song, probably "Highway to Hell." That was my favorite song to listen to in the mornings on the way to school. Why do you give me that look? Because most supernatural fans' favorite song is not. It's uh. Babe, we're talking about ACDC before you go and say something weird. I know, but I'm saying. <laughs> no, I still don't think it would be "Highway to Hell." What what ACDC I don't song? Know, was maybe <laughs> they played it on there all the time. Yes, they, they did. On oh like my God! Here we go. <sighs> she's gonna. Oh, now she's pulling oh. up the Google. She loves to contradict me. I don't know why I'm she does it all the time. Getting messages. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, we're on number seven. Produced by Robert John Mutt Lang, who had worked on their previous album Back in Black, was an unprecedented success. Sold an estimated 50 million copies worldwide, and is the second best-selling album in music history. It is odd to me that this was an ACD song they picked. Any number of ACD songs mm. could have fit, but they chose this one um, for these lyrics. Don't you struggle, don't you fight, don't you worry, because it's your turn tonight. Let me put my love into you, babe. Let me put my love on the line. Let me put my love in you, babe. 
Let me cut your cake with my knife. I guess that's why they chose the song. Uh, it's fucking ACDC. And this I would have went after the song Hell's Bells before right? I went after mm. this song. I'm really surprised it's, they didn't do it's Kiss. It's their fucking seventh album. You cannot tell me that they w- this was the worst ACDC song they could find, but this is the one they went after. What about that? that see, Balls. With, uh, he's that big balls he's with got the, the biggest ball. ball. I've got ball. big balls. I mean, that, that was actually balls. on um, that was on Dirty Deeds album, which yeah. actually came out after. Back there is a uh, game show on YouTube called "Well, uh, Well, Actually," and it's like they'll say something, a fact, and you have to call them out on which thing is wrong, and you have to start it with "Well, actually," and that's what you made me <laughs> well, think actually. of. Well, actually, <laughs> and you, you have to start your answer off with that. It's a pretty funny show, actually. It's a Canadian version, to be fair. Have you seen Well, Actually? No, but... It's yeah. pretty funny. You would probably actually like it a lot. Actually, you would like it a lot. Yeah. Um, I was trying to use some letter Kenny humor for all our Canadian friends. That I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> the next, um, the next song on here, in my opinion, has no business being on this list to the degree that uh, I, well, we'll get there. Here you go. That's not it. That would have been ACDC again. You can see where I'm leaning. Here's the next song on here. I thought I did, too. Uh, Madonna, Dress You Up. Um, they said it was sexual, which I guess it kind of is. More more innuendo. There's nothing um, in her endo. No. <laughs> so she started watching a series with me, and sh- that's... So does it, do you guys know why I say in your endo, where I got that from? You said it was... Wasn't it from The Office? It's from Scrubs. Or Scrubs, yeah. yeah. It's the Todd in your endo. That's where I got that from. Um... So uh, this is from her second album, Like a Virgin. I mean, Like a Virgin is more <laughs> explicit than this song is, but they picked this. Yes, we can go back to the whole. Yes, we can. I, I fucking love that movie um, anyway, but we can absolutely go to the whole discussion that takes place in Reservoir Dogs when they're talking about <laughs> what Like a Virgin really means. He's like, I think she's saying. It's <laughs> great. Um it was uh, released as the fifth and final single from Like a Virgin on July 31st, 1985 by Sire Records. The song was the track to be added to the album as it was... Uh, this was the last track to be added to the album as it was submitted late by songwriters Andrea LaRusso and Peggy Stanziel. Uh, Madonna pushed for the song's inclusion on Like a Virgin as she particularly liked the lyrics. Dress You Up became Madonna's sixth consecutive top five single in the United States, peaking at number five on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, the lyrics of the song are a metaphor for fashion and sex. Madonna sings about clothes she would like to drape over her man so sh- so that she can caress his body with her hands and cover him with velvet kisses. I'm, I mean, really, I, I pulled the lyrics, but then I, like, read them, and I'm like, I'm not even going to bother. There's nothing overt in this song. Nothing. Right. And again, you know, this is probably, this is one of those songs where, Tipper Gore went looking for something that was not. I mean, mm-hmm. no, it's there. She is singing about sex, but there's nothing yeah, overt. But, again, right. 
To when quote you, D. Snyder, what's it tell you about the work, how her mind works? Like she's nasty. Like there were Very way nasty. there were way worse songs out there in the existence than this. To the to the degree again, like a virgin would have made more sense. Yeah. It's it's really weird the stuff they picked. Like a couple of them make perfect sense, and some you're like, what? And dress you up is one of those. It's just I I don't really follow. It's one why, of those oddball songs that should not be on the list. So mm-hmm. we'll go to that one next. That I, I it's not on my list next, but we can go to it next. It's fine. Um, I thought I went straight down the list too, but I might have skipped one. So we'll go. We'll uh, go. I, it don't matter. To me. I mean, it, it'll get talked about anyway. I will say, out of all the songs on this list, this one's the dumbest. This song has zero business, and this is the song that screwed them over. This was song it, has no business being on the list. Was this it song my right? ding-a-ling? Yes. Oh, okay. No, that's that's way more, that is way than, more. than some of the songs on this list. Yeah, I know. But this is the one. I have a lot on this song because Dee Snyder was such a huge influence over this entire thing. But this is, of course, we're not going to take it by Twisted Sister. Um, they said it. it the song uh, was was condoning violence. It's ridiculous. It's that not they would condoning say that. violence. It's it's the band's way of saying we're not going to take any more of the bullshit in right. life. But Dee Snyder, and I'll get to that and in the notes. He specifically says violent? we never target any one thing because this song was meant to be an anthem for anyone who's just tired of something and yeah. he never he, he well okay, it's okay. the working man's answer. so this was uh released off the album stay hungry um with you can't stop the rock not that one Snoop, on the b-side <laughs> of the single um 1984 august or april 27th stay hungry album was released two weeks later on may 10th 1984 the single reached number 21 on the billboard hot 100 singles making it mm. twisted sisters only top 40 single it is the band's highest-selling single in the United States, having been certified gold in 2009 for sales of over 500,000 units. The song was ranked 47 on 100 Greatest 80 Songs and number 21 on VH1's 100 Greatest One-Hit Wonders of the 80s. It received criticism when the uh, PMRC included the song on the Filthy 15, listed for alleged violent lyrics. Uh, the song was written by vocalist D. Snyder as influences for the song. This is, if you guys didn't know this, he he cl- he claims two influences for this song. One is the rock band Slade, and do you guys know what the other influence for this song is? You do, and you've probably heard this before. Oh come all ye faithful yeah. was his yeah. second influence. I was actually there, sitting here. That song was like, playing in my head. Was a that version was where he sings, "Oh come," and it sounds just like oh, yeah. we're not going to take it. He sings it with that music sometimes. I've heard yeah. him do it live. It's pretty great. Um. In two, 2016, Dee Snyder gave magician Chris Angel rights to use, which if you guys have not heard this, go listen to it. It's wonderful. He gave him um, permission to use the song as an anthem for his help, which stands for Heal Every Life Possible Charity. Snyder actually sings the song in the video. It's a stripped-down acoustic version of, uh, for the charity. It's recorded in the desert outside Las Vegas and featuring children in the hospital and, young women shaving her head, and a young woman shaving her head to symbolize fighting cancer. Um, I, I love this version of the song. It's it's acoustic. It's real slowed down. 
And it just goes to prove that this song never should have been on there because it can be used for anything. Um, uh, This song was meant to be an anthem for anyone lashing out at authority uh, and ready to put up a fight for things that they don't believe are right anymore. This is he, he has come out and said at no point, and that's the problem. This is where he crushed them. He's like, show me in that song where I condone violence in any way. At no point in that song do I tell anybody to be violent to anyone else or to hurt anyone or attack anyone, and he doesn't. It's never in the lyrics. And this is one of those songs that still holds strong today. Yeah, yeah well, it's, you get it's tired of a bunch of shit. Guess what? I'm not taking it anymore. Fuck you. Um, so this one song, it's funny that you said that. Were you listening to that earlier? <laughs> no. <laughs> I should have been. <laughs> we saw you. But no. Um, D. Snyder is explained with, we're not going to take it. Whether I was singing about my parents, my teachers, my boss, my peers, <laughs> people around me, I felt it was important not to define it by actually naming names and singing, Dad, you're so trite and jaded, I hate my teachers too. And thus the song has had a life in sporting events. Political rallies, protests, pretty much anybody who's not taking something from somebody else, they're going to break into we're not going to take it all Did over the world. Did they use it in a, like a presidential? Yes, we'll get to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, D. Snyder testified in opposition alongside John Denver and Frank Zappa. At the hearing, Snyder said, you will note from the lyrics before, before you that there is absolutely no violence of any type, either sung about or implied anywhere in this song. Now it strikes me that the PMRC may have confused our video uh, presentation for the song with the song with the lyrics with the meaning of the lyrics it is no secret that the video often depicted storylines completely unrelated to li- that a lot of times videos didn't necessarily go along with this, the lyrics of the song it happened a lot um he said uh the video we're not going to take it uh was simply meant to be a cartoon with human actors playing variations of roadrunner and wiley e. coyote which again makes sense he said, you will note that when you watch the entire video that after each cat- catastrophe our villain suffers through, in the next sequence, he reappears unharmed by any previous attack. No worse for the wear. Uh, anyway, he goes on and says a whole bunch. Um, yes, yeah, so I didn't actually put it in the notes, but at one point in time, he and Donald Trump were, they knew each other, they were kind of friends, and Donald Trump at first asked if he could use the song. Um, this was early on. Right. And he said yes, but later on he told him he needed to stop because he no longer supported. I mean, he still stayed friends with him, but he's like, I, I don't support some of the things you believe in, and so you can't use my song anymore. So yes, at one point in time. Um, I don't know how much you guys know about D. Snyder, but he's kind of an awesome dude, for real. Um, I used to listen. He used to have a podcast called D. Speaks, which is wonderful. If you if you can go out and find it. Um, this guy spends half of his life working in charities, especially kid-related charities like kids with cancer, things like that. He has a bike ride every year, an annual bike ride they do every year to raise money. Um, he just does all sorts of stuff for charities and stuff. So I, th- I just think it's really cool. And this song was ridiculous. There's n- He's right. Nothing in the lyrics condone violence. Mm. It's just talking about not putting up with shit anymore when, when, you, when it's handed to you. This, I mean, this song is, you know... If anything, it's supportive and it's uplifting. It's you know, so it's a ridiculous song to put on here. But they did it because they were a ridiculous fucking group of people. I'm telling you guys, if you've never seen that movie, Warning Parental Advisory, you need to fucking see it. It's wonderful. Stu, this is the song you were asking about. This is one of the songs that blatantly should be on this list. This is a naked, 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 
This is Wasp, Stu. Uh, the song is called Animal, quote, Fuck Like a Beast. <laughs> so there you go. Wonder why they went after this one. Yeah, wonder, uh, yeah. Sex and violence is what they said. Hey, do you guys know what Wasp stands for? That White, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant. Their band name Wasp stands for that? Theirs stands for We Are Satan's People. Thank you. That was <laughs> <laughs> Except, hey, I gave you both definitions. I knew what I knew what a wasp was. I was you I met their band. The, I met their the band. I was curious if I didn't know that's what their band name stood for. I knew what a wasp was as far as white, white Anglo-Saxon. We are what Satan's, Satan's people. people. Is that is that legit? Because I mean, we heard we I, also heard Kiss stood for Kids in Satan Service or Knights in Satan Service. I don't know if it's legit or not. Okay, I've always heard that. Uh, This was originally intended to be the opening track on their self-titled 84 debut album, but was dropped before the album's release, although it appears as a bonus track on the 1998-9 reissue. Written by Blackie LaHutt. Did you look it up? The first thing that comes up on Google is white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Did you say the band? Even when you put the band, and it's a little hilarious. It is funny if they meant for their name to stand for that. It would be awesome. By the way, it's yeah. They don't look anything like that. It's <laughs> on their Wikipedia page that that, that what? comes from. Yeah, but does it say <laughs> any more beyond that? It, Wikipedia. Is uh, so the song was written by B- Blackie Lawless. The song was released as the band's first single. It was deemed too controversial by Capitol Records, and they did not want to risk the album being banned from major retail chains. Funny how that works, huh? Mm. In the United Good States, call. the song was first released in a live version in '88. Ni- the studio version was available in the region only in 1998 on the reissue of Wasp's debut album, uh, which omitted the asterisk used to, to censor. So the original title didn't say "fuck like a beast." It had an asterisk in it, and they, later they took that off. Um, according to a 1997 article the, uh, that accompanied a reissue of the album which featured this track, the basis of the song, according to the article in Kerrang! magazine, was that Lawless had observed a photo of two lions mating in National Geographic magazine. Uh, <laughs> do we do we need to go over why this song was picked? I don't know, but I will. It's, uh, it's in the freaking name, guys. Also, it was dropped even before the BMRC got their bits on it, but... I got pictures of naked ladies lying on their beds. I whiff that smell and sweet convulsion starts a swelling inside my head. That's nasty. I start a howl. (laughs) I'm in heat. I moan and growl, and the hunt drives me crazy. I fuck like a beast. I lick my chops, and you're tasting good. I do whatever I want to do to you. I think he's talking about her sugar walls. <laughs> I'll nail your ass to the sheets, Kevin. A pelvic thrust and the sweat starts to sting you. I fuck like a beast. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want me to read it way more sexual? Do you want to hear what they I said start about the I'm in heat, lying on their beds. I whiff that smell. <laughs> yeah, what do they say about their own name? was unsettling mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> so it says the original u.s release of the band's debut album wasp had the words we are sexual perverts inscribed on both sides around the label in oh. the center <laughs> but then when asked about the band's name lawless avoided giving a straight answer in one interview he said we ain't sure pal okay so he was trying to be coy 
but if he put it on the freaking album, <laughs> like it was that's, oh, so that's, that that is probably one of the most eighties metal. It is a very answers you can get. It was probably like this name sounds cool. Let's go as Wasp, but let's put dots in it. <laughs> Make people think. Get them, keep them thinking. So that's the yeah, next thing in 2010. He said the main reason for the name was the periods that no other band had used them before, but REM had actually established themselves right. two years previously. Hmm. So, What does REM stand for? Rapid Eye Movement. Oh, sleep? <laughs> yes. REM sleep. Okay. Yeah. REM sleep. Yeah. Okay. That's what that's where they took their name from. Do you know what a talking head is? Uh, an anchorman on TV. It is. Yes. Good for you. Mm. It's a talking headshot when they frame them up so their heads are all that's on the screen. It's called a talking headshot. And that's where Max Headroom came from. I used to know. Oh God, Toad the Wet Sprocket. That name came from a comedy skit, but I can't remember which one. Toad the Wet Sprocket came from. Also, oh, I wonder if they could get Toad the Wet Sprocket. I love that band. Oh, uh, the one one of the uh, members of their does jujitsu. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and he does jujitsu whenever he is in town. With who? Whatever. See, we definitely need to interview right. him. Yeah. He could do jujitsu with you guys. Right. I I I got a hold of him on Reddit one time. That's perfect. I want if we could get them to come and then like you could also while we're at, you, you know, that's perfect. And yet you're not on the mixtape. Podcast credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fucking dude. Yeah, this is well, this is way before <laughs> you <laughs> even created that. No. Yeah, whatever. I probably still got a username and everything. <laughs> if I do, I don't remember it. Here's the next song. Uh, this is Trashed by Black Sabbath. This one featured Intoxication. Uh, is this the, the Dio version? Uh, I don't know. I was having a hard time getting this one to download correctly, and I finally found a version that did. Because so. it didn't sound like... It's not. It's uh, vocalist Ian Gillen. Ian Gillen? Yep. From Deep remember. Purple. Oh, uh, yeah. that was after Dio. Yeah, so, yeah, so this isn't uh, any of the people you would have thought of, I gotcha. guess. Uh, this came out in 1983. Uh it's off the album board again, the opening song off of it. Um, focused Ian Gillen uh, composed the lyrics to Trashed after taking a car belonging to drummer. This is great. After taking a car belonging to drummer Bill Willard without permission and crashing it during an alcohol-fueled joyride around the grounds of the recording studio. He recounts, I did have a small mishap. Having clipped a pile of tires on a previous lap, I ran over one of them on the next and was instantly flipped, skidding and spinning upside down at a high speed and for a great distance along the road until I stopped, eventually inches short of the swimming pool. The owner of the car, Bill Ward, uh, was not amused by this mishap. (laughs) He said, I remember the night that Ian crashed that car. This reminds me so much of a fucking... uh, Dave Chappelle's get. Yeah, I remember when you crashed that car. <laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Charlie Murphy. Um, 
I remember the night that Ian crashed that car, Ward remarked. I know why that car crashed, and I didn't find it amusing anymore. I went through hell being uh, behind narcotic and alcohol addiction. And so things like, I crashed my car, man. I take these things real serious now. It's not fun for me at all. I'm not saying that the song was glamorized, but I prefer not to glamorize it. Uh, I think that's rock and roll, man. He He crashed his buddy's car, thought it was funny, and wrote a fucking song about it. Uh, and the PMRC got mad and said, well, you're glamorizing alcohol because God knows. I guess the song had to glamorize Heaven knows there weren't, weren't a shit ton of fucking country songs that had done it much more overtly than uh, that. Yep. My ex took my truck and cut it up. And <laughs> Is that your country song? Yeah. My ex took my truck and cut it up. Oh, my God. I think that's a fucking hit. My ex took my truck and she cut it up and went to Applebee's. I'd fucking, we're writing that, right? (laughs) Applebee's isn't a song. I know, that's why I said it. (laughs) She got fucked up with the red solo cup. I'm fucking, this shit needs to be written. (laughs) Hey, we got to record. Record. And now I'm on my knees. Begging you, please. Please. Can I see them titties? <laughs> <laughs> Skids not make this happen. <laughs> Skids not please make this happen. <laughs> if I ask you for it's, anything. You know, it's to the people that don't <laughs> listen who turn us off that miss Jim's like that. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything in the world that I please make this happen, that's pretty good. You know, as soon as he hears this episode, he's gonna start working. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I really hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so as, as best as I can figure, uh, the bad lyrics are: I drank a bottle of tequila and I feel real good. I had the tape deck roaring. Ooh, Mr. Miracle, you saved me from some pain. I thank you, Mr. Miracle. I won't get trashed again. See, this is anti. He says I'm not going to get trashed mm-hmm. again. Oh, can you hear my lies? Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Next line. That was wrong. I fucked that up. Uh, don't you bother with this fool just laughing to my eyes. So we went back to the bar and hit the bottle again. See, that sounds like a fucking country song. Yeah, it is. Uh, but there was no tequila. Uh, then we started on no the whiskey just to steady our brains. Look, there's just a lot of fucking drinking here. So there you go. <laughs> it's what it's about. Uh, so there you go. It's not as good as our song, but it's there. Uh, the next song is also uh, related to drugs and alcohol. Um, also from a band I love and also not one of their best songs in my opinion, but here we go. Stu and I have a story about this song, though. <laughs> Go right to those questionable lyrics. Saturday night, I feel all right. I've been drinking all day. Yeah, I got a date, a midnight ride. I got my whiskey, got my wine, I got my woman, and this time the lights are going out. 
So this is from the 1981 album, High and Dry, and the song is High and Dry, and the band is Def Leppard. Um, so Stu and I went and saw Def Leppard, Def Leppard, and um, we we're standing out on the lawn. Never forget, never forget this shit. You can't make this shit up, man. Mm-hmm. Me and Stu were standing there, and they've done, I don't know, a few songs. Not very many. I think like three or four now. He's like, next one's off our album, High and Dry. And the fucking <laughs> skies opened up, <laughs> and we're like, fuck. And me and Stu were just getting fucking drowned. I mean, it was, dr- we were drowned. And so we're like, we're fucking Torrential leaving. downpour. We're leaving. And so we're like, we're walking out. And uh, we get to the car. And we're we're, just, ru- we're running, and we're like, "Why are we running? We're, <laughs> you were already we're, wet. We, we're we're already not going to get much more wet. We get to remember we're like wringing our fucking shirts out. Anyway, I, I, we left because they were sucking. Anyway, they were not. They were not very interactive. Very, they were no, basically they were really boring. They're just basically playing their. They were just scene. playing shit and just standing there playing. They weren't really doing. And it's like when we just watched like the crew and shit, and all these other bands are fucking up there like doing crazy shit and they're just sort of standing on the stage which it's weird because you know you watch their 80s shit and they're like you know ellie would be like fucking jumping off shit yeah, well, he's a lot older now that's true <laughs> so it's high and dry um and the drummer had two arms at the time no he didn't he didn't have two arms for a long time so. <laughs> shut up well prosthetics <laughs> remember when we had I the still di- think remember the when we had discussion pop. about the funko pop <laughs> <laughs> we don't think they should charge you as much for his Funko Pop. He's missing a fucking arm. It's less plastic. Should be half off. <laughs> or at least quarter. <laughs> We're going to help. Uh, <laughs> We're wait, so come help. on, man. When they use bigger ones like the bigger Hulk, they charge you more. <laughs> Just should it be a regular price if they make a big one? <laughs> <laughs> We we find this shit hilarious. Uh, I'm sure yeah. he's got some kind of funny jokes now. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next song. Sorry. Not a fan. Oh, this good. You're gonna you're gonna appreciate this. This audio is awful. Of course it is. You know who this is singing, right? Uh, What's well, Merciful Fate into the Coven? That's King Diamond. Oh, that's why. Uh, this is off their 1983 album, Melissa. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, and into the coven. And into the coven. You should watch out. Uh, when King Diamond is involved, we really don't need to question too much about the lyrics. No. I mean, we know who King Not Diamond is and what he does. Um, I mean, he's a self-admitted yes Satanist, but he likes to push the envelope. Is he still doing it, or is he? Yes, he's oh still at it. Uh, this song is pretty much an instruction manual on how to join uh, a coven. It's a little odd for the PMRC to pick it because it was a bit of an obscure track, really. It's not, it wasn't like something that most people knew. Like this track wasn't, you either knew the album or you didn't. This wasn't like going to be on the radio. They were going to be playing yeah, they, King they pro- Diamond They went shit. more went after him because of like the icono- 
iconography in her in the face paint and stuff like yeah. that. The upside down crosses and he, and he did like, the he upside was a very, down crosses on very stage theatrical. made out of bones and very theatrical. Yes, King Diamond was. Um, and during all this shit, oh well, during the Satanic Panic thing, we talked about was it Geraldo? One of those. They had Ozzy on, and then King Diamond. And of course you're going to have fucking King Diamond, and of course he's going to say everything you want him to say about mm-hmm. how evil Satan is. Meanwhile, Ozzy's like, you guys are fucking stupid. This is We're just being silly. Like, fucking shut up. We're here for shock value. Now That's hand me it. another bet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the questionable lyrics, um, the entire song. Seriously, it was really <laughs> hard for me to choose. Uh, but I'll give you a few bits if you want them. Here you go. Here's what I got for go you. All right. Undress until you're naked. <laughs> it was pretty neat. Uh, undress until you're. I mean, how else do you undress? Like until you're naked. Uh, and put on this white coat. Take this white cross and go to the middle of the ring. Come, come into my coven and become Lucifer's child. Suck the blood from this unholy knife. Say after me, my soul belongs to Satan. Oh, shit, am I joined now? I think <laughs> so. He's I like, think I think you're in. popped up. <laughs> you think this is? It's like I just read from the Necronomicon <laughs> or some shit. Uh, I want to kill everyone. Red rum is Red rum is my pal. Satan is my pal. Red rum. Sorry, I had a flashback to the movie The Burbs all of a sudden. I <laughs> love that movie, yeah. by the way. Absolutely love that movie. I love the scene where he's like, I swear to God, if your dog shits on my lawn again, I'm going <laughs> to staple its ass shut. <laughs> Smells like they're cooking a goddamn cat over there. <laughs> Movie's awesome. Uh, we, we should totally just need to do a like fucking Tom Hanks episode. That would be good. Because it's so varied. And like there are a few Tom Hanks movies that people don't like, and I like them. Like People didn't like Dragnet. But I, love, I fucking love Dragnet, it. but people didn't like it. I think it, you know, I think it's one of those people get kind of pissed off because they expect one thing and then they get a comedy. And right. Like I didn't really care for Starsky and Hutch. I like Starsky and Hutch. I, didn't I did. But I also, of course, I don't like Ben Stiller, so. We, we, I know. Why is it a fan of Joe versus the Volcano? What? Uh, that is a you need to watch it again. Movie. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. How old were you when you saw it? I want to say maybe how old is it? Seventeen. Okay. Now that you've worked in like mind-numbing industry jobs, Check fucking it watch again. it again <laughs> and tell me if you don't absolutely love Joe versus the volcano. Good point noted. I, my best line in that. I can tell you one thing: wherever we go, we're taking this luggage. <laughs> like it's so great. Are you Joe? Yeah. Are you Joe? Banks, <laughs> you need to watch it again. Oh, it's I'm great. It yeah, highly recommend it. We'll do we'll, we'll do a Tom Hanks episode, and that'll be one of yours that you get to watch and right. come back and let us know what you think because it's a wonderful movie. You remember? You guys remember when like Papa John's gave like fucking or Domino's gave movies away on DVD when you would order pizza, and it was always Weekend at Bernie's and Joe versus the Volcano. You could like get free copies. You guys don't remember that shit? Yeah, <laughs> and it was always like everybody and their brother had a copy of those movies because they gave them. I to remember you. McDonald's doing VHS tapes. Yeah, McDonald's did that stuff too. Yeah, it was like Papa John's or Domino's did it. Like order two pizzas and get a free copy of, and it was always like Weekend at Bernie's, which is a great movie. Not the second one. I still like the second one. Well, it's horrible. It is horrible. I know. <laughs> but in a fun way. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's bad. has no business being a sequel to the first one. 
he's actually becomes like a walking zombie in the second one. It's weird. Yeah, I don't. The uh, fact that he never decayed is well. It takes place like directly after it. It's probably a little gross. I think don't don't they spray him with like he sprays him with shit in the first movie. He's always like spraying. Um. Yeah, I I don't. uh, I don't listen to Merciful Fate. I don't like King Diamond. I know nothing. Besides, I mean, Metal Mikey is the King Diamond expert. Other than I, I share the last name. That's it. I don't really. No, you don't share the last name. He's your king. Because his last name is not Diamond. I'm just saying the part of the name. It's Jones. <laughs> king Diamond Jones. King Diamond Jones. Now that sounds Actually, like a black exploitation I'll, I'll go ahead film. and look that one up. I was thinking up. more of a country star I'm name. Diamond Jones. That's my black exploitation music. Was it any good? <laughs> not bad. Okay, there we go. <laughs> He's like, you got it. Nailed it. His, his real name is Kim... Bendix Peterson. Yeah, he is is probably a good he idea to go. A, <laughs> he got beat up as a kid. Didn't now he? we he's know why Danish, he had so many problems. Danish rock musician and songwriter. That's why he's <sighs> saying this because he got beat up as a child. <laughs> that, that's often what happens to Satanists. You get beat up, you become a Satanist. You fucking yeah. worship Satan, send a or demon you try after. and commit helter skelter. Helter skelter. Beatles. Yeah, well, yeah. Here's the next song. They're not, not on here. I didn't say all these songs were good, man. Is this Anthrax? No. Uh, no. <laughs> I never said these songs were good. This is Venom Possessed. Where do these people, where do they find them? Oh, no, man. That's what we, that's what I said. Like, a couple of these are so obscure that it's weird they even. Mm-hmm. Venom is actually them. part of the. New wave of British it's part of the uh, Sony universe uh, yeah. intertwined with Marvel from, the 80, yeah. from early eighties. Yeah, this is nineteen eighty five um, fourth album by uh, the band Venom. Uh, it's uh, the band ag- they actually formed in seventy eight. If I'm reading this correctly, I'm sure that. You, well, I hope you're reading it. I, it's, <laughs> it's like I don't if, know, dyslexic. Yeah, <laughs> band formed. Yeah, band formed in either seventy eight or eighty seven. I don't know. What the fuck I'm reading. It's like, oh. Uh, this is their last studio album of feature uh, of feature guitarist Jeffrey Dunn before his first uh, first departure from the band in '86. At the time of its release, it received mixed reviews, even from the critics who had liked their earlier albums. The song "Possess" is ranked number 14 on the Parents uh, Music Resource Center's Filthy 15. Uh, British uh, British speed metal is about a this is a British speed metal song, and it's about a man who is possessed by the devil. I don't know much about this band. I don't know a whole lot about the song, but here are some of the lyrics. Look at me, Satan's child, born of evil, thus defiled, brought to life through satanic birth, raised in hell to live on earth. I th- oh, this is about Hellboy. Um, come listen to me, and I'll tell you things that will sicken your mind. We drink the vomit of the priests, make love with dying whores, or with the dying whore. We suck the blood of the beast and hold the key to death's door. I am possessed by all that is evil. The death of your God I demand. I spit at the virgin you worship 
and sit at my Lord Satan's left hand and a lot more of shit like that throughout the rest of the fucking song. The one that grosses me out is we drink the vomit of yeah. priests. <laughs> it's like, why, dude? Why would you do that? That doesn't make you Satan. Satanist, that just makes you gross. <laughs> so what happened to the priest? Is he sick? What happened? Is he, what's he puking from? No. There you go. Uh, we've got uh, two more on here. Got two more. Uh, we got two more songs on here. Uh, the next song on here is uh, this is uh, them going after Rick James, bitch. Well, it's not Rick James. It's his it's, uh, uh, side group. It's uh, Rick James band. I, I think we should talk like this for the rest of the episode. It's sort of like NPR. Yeah. Like Kermit the Frog. Hi ho. You sounded like Kermit the uh, Frog. Yeah. Hi ho. Kind of like Kermit the Frog. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? <laughs> yeah. Hello, Kevin. Uh, I gotta find the button. Here's the band. Uh, this is In My House by Mary Jane Girls. I'm pretty sure that's a reference to Spider-Man, nothing else. Uh, produced and written <laughs> and arranged by American musician Rick James and recorded by his protégés, the Mary Jane Girls, for their second studio album, Only For You. Uh, this came out in 1985. It was released uh, as a lead single in uh, uh, 84, though, by Gordy Records. <clears throat> in the United States, the single went to number one on the Billboard Dance Club songs. In 85, and remained atop the chart for two weeks. It was also a top 10 hit on both the Billboard 100 and Hot. Billboard R&B hip-hop songs start peaking at number seven. In my house. It remained in the top 40 for 12 weeks. In my house was chosen by uh, the PMRC because they said it was uh, allegedly had a lot of sexual innuendo. However, during the VH1 100 Greatest Hits Wonders of the 80s program, the group went on record as saying, the song actually isn't about sex, but about love. The group's follow-up single, Wild and Crazy Love, was even more suggestive in its lyrical content, but the PMRC was <coughs> not known to have attacked it as openly as it condemned in my house. Um, and you can just make believe when it comes down to making love. I'll satisfy your every need and every fantasy you think up. That's really the worst lyrics in the song. In my house. Uh, this one is really dumb. Like yeah. I said, those are the worst lyrics. And you can just make believe when it comes down to making love, I'll satisfy your every need and every fantasy you think of. That's the dirtiest lyrics in the fucking song. I mean, you could went, you know, through like uh Rick James. You could have easily yeah. attacked Rick James. Super freak? Come way on. easier than you yeah. could have attacked any fucking this song. Mary Jane. There you go. That's you know, I, that's I, I swear to God. Would it work? There's these guys yeah. are just fucking they're Really, uh, they don't know at, how to do research. They're shooting at shit here. Um, the next song and the last song on the list is my favorite on the list, and uh, I totally get why it's on here, but I don't give a shit. It's a great fucking song, and fuck them for putting it on here. I own this fucking album, and I love this person. So here, you go, wait, go here. here it is. Thank you. 
I mean, this this song, I, yeah, it's clearly about masturbation. Cindy Lauper knew it was about masturbation. I think she was completely happy singing about masturbation. But in today's world, this song would be about female empowerment, and the PMRC could kiss Cindy Lauper's ass. I think they could kiss her ass back then too. Yep. Uh, she releases this as the third single from her most awesome album in the world, She's So Unusual. It reached number three on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart in September of 84. Uh, worldwide, this song is her third most commercially sex successful <laughs> single. <laughs> that, that Freudian. Was, whoo, yeah, it was. <laughs> Freudian slip. <clears throat> successful uh, single. Uh, do you guys want to guess, worldwide, what two songs are more successful than this one for her? Girls True just colors. Have fun. You got what though? Uh, true colors. Are no. Time after time. Time after oh, time. Yeah. Uh, in an interview on the Howard Stern show, Lopper stated that she recorded the vocals of the song while nude. I I All hope right. that's true. <laughs> I just I I just hope it's true, and that, I believe that it probably actually is. Actually, sounds like something Cindy would do. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Lopper has stated that finding a copy of Blue Boy, um, which was a magazine. Uh, lying around in the recording studio provided the impetus for writing Shebop. The video expands upon the references to <laughs> masturbation in the song's lyrics, although not overtly. Among the images in the video are an upright bottle shooting mayonnaise into the air, <laughs> a sign at a gas station that displays Get Off Here, gas <laughs> pumps labeled Good X, Better XX, Nirvana Triple X, Single, and Multiple, a large sign that reads Self Service. In a dance sequence where Lopper portrays a blind person with a cane, a reference to the myth that masturbation causes blindness. <laughs> Most of the more blatant references appear during the animated instrumental sequence, although subtle images are seen throughout the live-action scenes as well. At the 1985 MTV Music Video Awards, the video was nominated for Best Female Video, but lost to What's Love Got To Do, got got to do, do With It? it. Uh, I mean... There's a lot of questionable innuendo lyrics, but uh, yeah, I want to go south and get some more. Hey, they say that a stitch in time saves nine. They say I better stop or I'll go blind. Uh, hey, 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 they say I better get a chaperone because I can't stop messing with the danger zone. I mean, there's a whole bunch <laughs> in there. It's it's a fucking great song, though, and the PMRC can kiss my ass. I think that's where we're at on this, the PMRC. <laughs> Uh, but we talked about it. I mean, uh, like I said, some of these songs, when you hear the list, you're like, okay, Darling Nikki, She Bop. Uh, so did she actually get a sticker put on hers? That's good. she never actually. Like, that's a really good question. I've never, never seen a sticker. That's a really good. Well, does High and Dry have a sticker on it? Are you looking it up? I've never noticed. I mean, I. I, I don't think it does. So let's do that really quick. I mean, let's see if a couple. Let's see if. Um, She's so unusual. Just to, like look it up. Does does she did she so unusual have a parental advisory sticker? I don't, I don't think, think it does either. I don't think it did. Did they come? So what, probably not because this technically these all came out before those stickers were issued. Yeah, but they they when they read subsequent releases, maybe I don't know. That's a good question, and I'm curious if High and Dry had one. I'm I've got everyone's like fastest Google. Right. <laughs> and I know, like, after after all this happened... No, After All was not on the PMRC. It's um, really not considered a bad song, dude. Walmart wouldn't even carry anything with the label, on, with that sticker on it at all. 
for a long time. Yeah, I remember that, but Walmart's lame. I remember that too. There were certain <laughs> there were certain albums you had to go to other stores to get. Yeah. I remember going to like Tar- because Target would carry that shit. Yep. I remember or that. your local record store to find mm-hmm. we don't unfortunately we don't have those that much anymore. No. Um we I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago and you guys saw that that I was at a mall and uh <gasps> Yeah, but like an actual fucking mall inside. It like made my heart happy. But and was there people in the mall? Yes. Oh, shit. It what? was like, dude, we need to go. It, it was in Beaver Creek, and there's a Giordano's right by it. Oh, damn. But uh, it was like a fucking... No. No? Rental no. advisory, no. However, on this website, it's <laughs> it does say, parents need to know <laughs> that She's So Unusual has mostly good, clean, fun songs, although the hit She Bop appears to be about masturbation, but its innuendo will probably go over the heads of young Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> you want you want to hear what's funny about that just in general? You know, whoever wrote that is so fucking naive that they think, like, girls just want to have fun. Is Like, even that's, like, telling them to rebel against their parents. Like, these people are so fucking well, naive and stupid. they have another line that says, one line in the Prince song, when you were mine, hints at a threesome. <laughs> Warning. When you Warning, were mine. Parents. <laughs> God. Uh, so, no, we're going through this mall, and as we come around the corner, I look up, and I'm like, holy fuck. There's a Suncoast video. And attached to that Suncoast video was an FYE or a fire, whichever you prefer. Dude, to what would have made it better if there was a blockbuster there? So we go in. Did you, you need to show Stu that picture of that store? <coughs> so we go in, and I, I will tell you why they're still set up that way. And there were a lot of uh, albums in the FYE that that they have mostly like there was a lot of Funko and like merchandise like related to movies but of course not that many actual movies but it was still really cool to see those two like I took pictures and posted them on Facebook I'm like it's a fucking Suncoast video I like I got happy like excited happy uh, what this is a real store she thinks we need to go to it with Where her is this at? it's at Eastgate Mall it's called RLA Video Games I'm going there tomorrow they have fun co-pop section no no that was the time they do but the time warp comic that's shop yeah the comic the shop what is it called section. they also had Old school Nintendo. Yeah, you showed it to me. Zelda, and they have arcade games. What's yeah, it yeah, they have arcade one I think up. It's called RLA Video Games. It's, it's in, Eastgate, it's in Mall, Eastgate Mall. But she went to this comic book store too with the kids, and the, they have like time a huge warp, time warp cards and comics. Huge mm-hmm. Funko Pop section. So how many stores are left at Eastgate Mall? Not East many. It's really? like a ghost say, town. Yeah. It's bizarre walking in there. Uh, the kids were like, "Is this mall still open?" I don't know that I've ever been inside of Eastgate Mall. No, That's right. Like right by my work, though, I could stop by there anytime. Yeah. It was. We should go. It was looking kind of dead. I mean, the last time okay. I went there. I mean, if you look it's so weird because there's jungle gyms. Not that anybody around here who doesn't know, but I actually, you guys, write into that. We would like to hear about that. You can write in and give us your thoughts. I would actually love to hear your guys' opinion on the Filthy Fifteen and what songs. Uh, you guys from 19, well, 1985 back, we'll say 80 to 85, I want people to write in and tell us what songs you think they should have put on here b- other than some of these. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to hear if anybody out there, if you live in a town where there's still a an actual mall, not like a mall that's dead and half empty. We have like a bunch of those here. Oh, yeah, but the, the capital of that. It's like only Kenwood Town Center does, and I, I don't like going there anyway. But even they've died a little bit. They have I some stores. I'm not a fan. It's just the, the, the crowd there are not my kind of people. You know what I mean? There's some rude-ass people in that fucking place. I'm a little bit bougie. Um, yeah, that's often I think of you as bougie. 
<laughs> um, are you bougie like Applebee's on a Knock date? It off <laughs> she right hates yes. that song, so so do I. By the way, yes, I'm bougie like Applebee's on a date night. We've talked about Believe that. Believe it or not, I you used to take dates. Just made me never want to shebop again. I don't want to step on the toes of any of our listeners who might happen to like that song, but. I hope that you understand that that song is totally making fun of <laughs> that lifestyle. It's very tug and cheek. Kind of like uh, that song then I got high. Me of that. Uh, kind of like what? Like then I got high. I like He's actually one. making fun of people as he gets high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lost my job because I got high. Say no to drugs, Afro kids. Man made a lot of As money. Afro Man makes oh, no. a shit ton of money right. because he's getting high. A lot of potheads listen also, to that. Like, oh, I still listen to that album, Friend. I'm just saying. Friend. Friend's it's one of her good. words. And also, my dude. Dude is one of hers. Yeah. Now I have my hey. dude. Listen, my dude. I have a small <laughs> trivia question for you, related to Stu's penis. You said small. No. I know I did. Bastard. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> Who was the first rap group that was labeled? Two Live Crew. I thought you were literally. Wrong. Gonna, hold on. What? I thought you were literally going to stop with who was the first rap group. I'm like, mother. Who fuck, was the first know. rap group to carry the parental advisory sticker? It had to be NWA. I was going to say NWA. No, I, I was thinking about it, but I thought Two Live Crew. Now, they were very Two Live Crew actually was, was the first group to have the Two Live crew. black and white parental advisory plus, sticker. Hot up, oh. Plus, Two Live Crew would have been right around circa 1988, 1987, mm-hmm. and NWA was before that. So I, I was thinking of NWA, but I was like, ah, the, the black and white parental advisory label was there the, was more than was black on white? the nineteen ninety. Yeah, it was a red one, right? Of band in the USA. Wasn't there a red parental advisory label? Color ones. Uh, I don't know. Just swore there was. Swore well, there when was. he got defended, it was black and white. I thought there was another. Well, one. that that's just what I'd found no. a few weeks ago. I figured they were probably. The, yeah, they were out. But before. I, I thought since uh, two live two live crew is just way more crude, right? Oh yeah, they were straight. It was straight sexual. From oh, they they the they were note. there for that reason. Yeah, one hundred percent. Taking lines from uh, Full Metal Jacket and throwing them oh, in their songs. Oh, he's so horny. What can I get for five dollars? I oh, give you everything you want. want. Everything. 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 Oh, I'm so horny. <laughs> God. I remember I love that album. My buddy had that album. We thought we were so cool listening to that fucking album. We were so rebel. Like fucking put in uh, two live crew. I was cool, dude. You shake your head, man. I was all of like oh, this is nineteen eighty seven. Nineteen eighty eight, I was like twelve. I was <laughs> so like four. We thought we were real cool, you know. Eighty seven was the year it was so to like hit on this a little bit. I remember the summer of eighty seven or the uh the Christmas of eighty seven, I asked for my parents, uh, my mom said, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, I want hysteria. And I want open up and say, oh, and I got both those cassette tapes for Christmas. I nice. like, yeah. But no, I, I mine did have the uh, just the eyes on the open up and say, oh. You had the alternate cover. Yeah. I didn't care. I just wanted to listen to the damn album. As long as I could listen to nothing but a good time, I was happy. So you know, I remember getting those for the Christmas of 87. It was the year we moved out to Colorado. And uh, right before we moved out, I remember... Uh, pour some sugar on me was like this massively huge hit. Everybody was singing it. So, 
It was also the year that I saw Lost Boys in a theater like 21 times. I saw, listen, I saw Dirty Dancing in a theater probably 12 times. I wouldn't even say it. We just used to go to the dollars. We'd get dropped off there on the weekends. We'd just go see fucking movies. I saw Adventures of Babysitting probably seven or eight times. I saw Cocktail probably eight or nine times. You just listed like three of my favorite movies. I mean, because they're wonderful. Cocktail's great. Underrated. People need to I love that movie. I still watch Dirty Dancing on my birthday every year. I do like Dirty Dancing. It's not a bad movie, uh, you know, overall. Uh, you know one of the reasons. You know one of the reasons I like her so much. She agrees with me. We're neither of us are big fans of Footloose. Mm. I just, I never. I mean, I know people love it, but it never really. It was one of those take it or leave it kind of. Yeah. Movies. I, mean, I don't hate it. I just kind of like dances it's though. It's pretty. I, the scene I like in that is when he's trying to teach Chris Penn to dance. Yes, yeah. that also. That's kind of fun, but I just never. It never did much to me. You know, it's a far superior. Uh, that's not even. That doesn't even make sense because Kevin Bacon's not in it. But you know what's a far superior movie that we never talk about? Frickin Red Dawn. Why do we never talk about Red Dawn? Wolverine! <laughs> you want to hear something really funny? <laughs> yes. I've never seen it. <gasps> oh, we have for something shame. we can do for the show. You would love Red Dawn. I've never seen it. I've seen really? both versions of it. It's like everybody. Never I didn't either. hate the new one. I mean, it was okay. You know, for what it was. Uh, really, man, there's like everybody's in it. It's a total like. Is it kind of like an Outsiders? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, outsiders but it's, is awesome. it, it's pretty much 80s Brat Pack. Mm. And the bad guy sort of played Superfly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like uh, uh, C. C. Thomas Howell, Patrick Swayze, mm-hmm. um, so the, it's Jennifer Grey. Is it the Outsiders in the. No, Red Dawn? no, no, but no, That's but a, but it's that two of them. Well, and Jennifer Grey, like there's a bunch of people. In it. It's really good. It's really really good. You would Who's like it. Who's the other girl in that? Ooh, it's not. I can't picture. It's not Ali. Sh- it's uh, Molly Ringwald. No, God no. Um, as we veer off topic. But yeah, please write us and let us know some of the stuff. We're going to look this up really quick. Uh, let us know what you would put on this list. Let us know if there are viable malls still in your area, like Leah actual Thompson. Leah Thompson. I said I knew it wasn't Ali Sheedy. Yeah, tell them the cast real quick since you have it pulled up. Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Gracie, Thomas Howell, Leah Thompson, Powers Booth, yeah. Char- <laughs> Charlie Sheen, Darren Dalton, William Smith, Brad Savage, Doug Toby. Lane Smith, Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Whoa, Stanton. Wow. How are you going to list all those people we don't know and then Harry Dean Stanton? He's all the way at the end. You do He's, know Lane I Smith. I think he has a. It's uh, this guy. He was in like a smaller, uh, son-in-law. In yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know who he is. I think he has a. I think Harry Dean Stanton's uh, got a smaller part in it. It's a fantastic movie. Like, we should watch it. You would tell totally, We should watch it. And do, remember how we used to do movies you can't believe Jay hadn't, hasn't seen, like on the old obscure 80s? We need to do that. Like,. I probably, lo- I probably have a lot of them that you th- I've never seen. Because, like, back when we did Obscure 80s, we realized at one point that I had never seen Gung Ho. I had never. I love it. I don't know that movie. Oh, it's a good one. Wow. Yeah, you, you would love it. Absolutely love it. Gung Ho's stuck awesome. between um, a rock and a hot on. <laughs> 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 I think you mean hard place. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, Michael Keaton, and they work, they're like, they work at a small place. And, uh, uh, George Went, right? George yeah. Went's yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. They work at like a car plant, and it gets bought out. Is it like Toyota or they something? They get bought out by mm-hmm. the Japanese. And so the Japanese come over, and like, of course. What's this called? Gung-ho. 
Yeah. It is wonderful. Like, it is hilarious and funny, and, like, they have to learn to adapt to the ways. And it's like the two sides kind of clashing. It's culture shock, but then learning to work together. It's post-Mr. Mom. Michael Keaton's got fantastic Mm -hmm. 80s movies. Oh, God, yeah. We'll totally do a Michael Keaton episode at some point. Yeah, that's God given. Um, Like, uh... Not Batman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all it needs to be said That's, right yeah. there. Well, Mr. Like Mom, you said Mr. Comedy, Mom. I mean, so much for like Night Shift. Night Shift. But Night Shift is him and Henry Winkler and Shelley so Long. Good. So fucking good. It's been a long so time since I've seen that movie. Do what? Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom Mr. is Mom's wonderful. Um, yeah, he's Beetlejuice. He's got some great. Yeah. Have you seen the memes that talk about how much? Uh, uh, yeah. Davidson looks like. Yeah, I, I actually shared one. <laughs> yeah, Stu shared one. His hair was kind of crazy and sticking up, yeah. Do you guys have anything? Nope. Cool. Nope. So until next time, we speak on this here wonderful podcast known as the Mixtape Podcast. Remember, guys, to always stay, stay awesome. awesome.